African-Americans make up one of the largest voting blocks in Chicago, which means many of us have taken the step to register to vote. But too many of us remain silent when it's time to make our voices heard. At a time when our conversations are as polarized as they've ever been, we must exercise our political power. Dear Black Voter, I'm Calmetta Coleman, Senior Vice President of External Affairs for the Chicago Urban League. Local and state elections matter. And if you're not voting with knowledge, you're not voting with power. Welcome to our six-part series on voter education. It's time you had a seat at the table. Pull up a chair. Your host, Doma T. Pongo. Dear Black Voter, we're talking to journalist and WVON morning show host Charles Thomas about the issues that Black voters should be concerned about this primary election. There are a lot of opinions on sensitive topics in this episode, but one thing to take notice of, his perspective on every issue that Black voters should be concerned about is either rooted in economic opportunity or straddles the fence between liberal or conservative views. And he says what's most important that black voters decide what issues matter to them based on their interests and not their political affiliation. Dear black voter, let's get to know the issues. Charles Thomas is a political reporter, well, formerly a political reporter for ABC7. He's a commentator in the city of Chicago, frequent guest on WTTW Chicago Tonight. And, of course, he is the host of the WVON Morning Show with Mays Jackson and Charles Thomas. You can find him in Lion's Den asking politicians the most uncomfortable questions imaginable <laughs> and getting the answers that black voters really need. So I appreciate you taking the time to chop it up with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, you know, I sort of made the transition from being sort of a hits, runs, and errors reporter into commentary. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I mean, because it's a way that I can use some of my institutional knowledge to add some perspective to stories. Because I think a lot of times you can get the facts, but if you don't have the facts in the right order or you don't put them in some kind of historical context, mm. it's hard to understand sometimes what's going on. And this is what I hope to do with this conversation, mm-hmm. too, uh, about the issues in the primary election that black voters should be specifically concerned about. Right? Yes. So in past episodes, we've been laying the groundwork for what the primary election is, why it's important. How does it work? Now I want to know the issues. What are things that black voters should be focused on thinking about? And let's start locally in Chicago, black voters in Chicago. What should we be thinking about when we go to the ballot box? Illinois, Chicago has the highest black unemployment rate in the country. This isn't Charles. This is the United States Department of Labor. This is the Economic Policy Institute, which is Big Labor's think tank in Washington. Mm -hmm. They identify Illinois as having, over these past four or five years, the highest black unemployment rate in the country. Outrageous. Mm -hmm. Think about that, Domati. It is more difficult for a black person to get a job in Illinois than it is for a black person to get a job in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas. What's (laughs) up? I mean, this is a horrible problem. And uh, we don't hear a lot of uh, editorialists at the newspapers and mainstream media talking about this. But as black media, we really have to get on this. We have to shame some people. Mm -hmm. We have to call some people out. What's going on? Why is this the situation in Illinois? Are politicians talking about this the way they should? No. Should is the electorate not. talking about this the way they should? Because I think the mainstream media isn't focusing enough attention on it. Um, and I, I just heard this morning 
uh, someone who had called into the station say that the mainstream media is part and parcel of the problem because they don't really focus on some of the problems that black people experience. In other words, they are focused on the mass media, everybody, from Woodstock, Illinois to Kankakee, and black folks are just one part of that, so they don't really focus. At WVON, we try to focus. Right. And um, media that you participate in tries to focus Mm -hmm. on some of these issues. And I don't think they're getting enough attention in mainstream media. And I don't think the politicians, consequently, are focusing enough on it. Statewide, what should we be thinking about? I mean, you you touched on it. Aside from unemployment, especially black unemployment, what are some other things statewide that black people need? I think um, control of our own politics, Mm. control of um, our own agenda. Mm. Uh, right now in Illinois, you have uh, it, particularly in the Democratic Party, where most black people um, live politically, if you will. Our politics are being controlled by higher ups in the Democratic Party. Mike Madigan. I'll just say the name. Mike Madigan is sending tens of thousands of dollars to legislative districts around the state to influence who gets elected. 31st District, where Mary, Mary Flowers is running. He's sending money over there. Uh, Justin Slaughter is being supported by Mike Madigan. Right here in uh, the, the 5th, uh, Lamont Robinson is being supported by money being sent in from the outside from Springfield to elect our state representatives. What happens is when they get to Springfield, they are beholden to the party and not to black people. There is no such thing right now, in this reporter's view, as a black caucus in Springfield because Mike Madigan controls most of the state reps. So we're not getting our share of resources from the state because we don't have anybody there representing us. They're representing the party, doing what Speaker Madigan tells them to do. That has got to stop. We have got to begin looking for people to represent us who are, in fact, going to represent us. Now, that's also going to mean that we're going to have to take responsibility for financing many of our candidates. Because right now, we're we're letting the party do it for us. Uh, And it's a catch-22 kind of problem because we don't have, because we are so misrepresented, we don't have a strong and thriving business community that can support our candidates. The one thing that was very interesting in the 1980s when Harold Washington uh, rose to prominence, rose to political power, there were black businesses who backed him Mm -hmm. initially. Anybody who knows anything about political history in Chicago will tell the same story. There were black business people who owned companies that made everything from sausage Mm -hmm. to hair grooming products who got behind Harold initially, gave him the several hundred thousand dollars that he needed to run for mayor. We don't have that today. 
Well, let's talk about the business climate, because if we had those those businesses, we wouldn't have the unemployment numbers that we're talking about right now. Um, a lot of the companies, shoot, where WVON is, that used to be a black-owned business exactly. where we talked about where hair products were made, right? A lot of these businesses don't exist anymore. What has changed from then to now, and how do we reverse this downward trend? I think trend? a lot has changed in the United States. I mean, a, the, the company that you mentioned that makes hair care products, I believe it was sold mm. to a larger uh, company um, that – move the production facilities from the south side. Right. Um we have a we have always had a problem with um self-hatred. Mm. Black people in the United States, I know you come from a different tradition, Domati. Yeah. But we've had a problem with self-hatred. You know the white different man, sides of the same coin yeah, though. You know, it happens the, there too. The white man's ice is colder. Right. We have a lot of black people, particularly our black middle class that has abandoned the city and abandoned the neighborhoods. And they've moved to uh, the south suburbs and the west suburbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, the most heavily voted uh, political subdivision in Illinois is Thornton Township <laughs> in the south suburbs. Mm-hmm. Not in the city, not the 8th Ward anymore, uh, not the 21st Ward, but the south suburbs, Thornton Township. Uh, we moved from the city. And we move. We, we live now in the suburbs, and I think that has diluted our political power because once black people move to the suburbs, to Thornton and Proviso Townships, for instance, they kind of they weren't as involved mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. connect or connected to their precincts as they are now. And I think a lot of those people too are those who would be the ones who would form businesses. Right. In the city, I'm talking about the black middle class here. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. what Booker T. Washington many, many years ago talked about as the talented tenth. They're living in Flossmoor, South Holland, Homewood. Now they're not living in the city, and I think those are the people who would be the business owners in the city. Um, you know, it was very unfortunate that I think one of the Gary McCarthy, who was a former police superintendent was talking about it the other day, and this is his words, and I don't, I don't agree with his, his language, but he was trying to make a point. He said that a lot of the crime-ridden neighborhoods, the black middle class has abandoned a lot of the neighborhoods that are now having struggling with crime, and the only people they left there, Gary McCarthy's words now, were trigger pullers, right? <laughs> That's what he said. They left trigger pullers. The middle class left and left the trigger pullers. Well, I don't agree with that language. I think there are a lot more people left in these neighborhoods than trigger pullers. But keep in mind that the neighborhood, the culture in the neighborhood is the black middle class is thinking about how they can get out. And the people who are trapped there are those who are most likely to get involved in some of the socioeconomic problems that we talk about a lot. Yeah, as we talk about the issues, right, let's talk about gun control then. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in mass media, we focus on what national conversations are happening. A lot of protests, a lot is happening around gun control. Is that something that the black community is really focused on right now when it comes to reforming neighborhoods, making them safer? I don't know if black communities are having conversations about gun control as much as they're having conversations about the criminal justice system and economic opportunity in these spaces. You're absolutely right. And, you know, to have to to have for instance a walkout at school that cps seemed to endorse i mean because of what happened in parkland florida what's happening in arbon gresham 
What's happening in Inglewood? What's happening in Roseland? I mean, we should have had a walkout a long time ago. There have been many more than 17 Chicago public school students shot and killed over the last two years than happened there. I mean, it's almost as though, um, and you know it's true, same with the heroin epidemic and everything else. It has to happen to white folks before it's a bad thing. And, you know, to see Chicago public schools get involved in a mass demonstration about violence is a good thing, but it it rings hollow when you think about the opportunities they have had over the past 10 years even to do the same thing. What are some other issues that seem to be of interest nationally that might be a little different uh, with, with, with the black community? For instance, you know, we talk about the heroin ep- epidemic and there's been a big focus on how this affects suburbia. But then uh, I read an article not too long ago about how many in the African-American community, of course, suffer from drug abuse, especially as it relates to opioid use, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, what you talk about in terms of context, bringing context to a lot of these stories and understanding the nuance when it comes to black voters. Context. Here's one for you. Sanctuary city, sanctuary state, sanctuary county. They're inviting illegals, uh, undocumented, I'll I'll be politically correct people, to Illinois. And we got the highest black unemployment rate in the country. Where do you expect that people are going to work if they come here from all over the country, all over the world? Now, that's not politically correct, right, for me to say that, because I'm not following liberal democratic orthodoxy, if you will. I'm not towing the party line. I'm not doing the talking points. When I say that, if you have the highest black unemployment rate in the country, you need to be dealing with that. You don't need to be inviting everybody from all over the world who's undocumented into Illinois, Cook County, and Chicago. It doesn't make sense. They had the example of the bakery that they uh, raided. ICE raided a bakery up on the north side, of the, actually the northwest side, mm-hmm. yeah. Clover Hill Bakery. You heard about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they, they found that the company, which had 2,500 workers, had 800, 800 undocumented. undocumented people working there. Mm-hmm. And when ICE raided it, they could no longer work there. Right. So they had to scramble. They actually had to sell the company, and the new company comes in scrambling, trying to find workers. To replenish the workforce, yeah. 600 of the new workers were black people making $4 an hour more than the Latinos, the undocumented who had been working there. Now I thought, according to the liberal Democrats that, Oh, they do the work that no Americans want to do. There were 600 black people that took those jobs. So in other words, that is work that black people can do when they fix the street out here on Michigan Avenue. You'll see work crews. You don't see black people on these work crews. You've, you've had that experience. You see them working in deepest, darkest, blackest Inglewood, working on the street. No black people working because it's some private contractor from the suburbs who got his own workforce and they didn't look like us. Um, these are some of the problems that we have. Go downtown. Look at any high-rise construction. I, I live down there, so I see them all the time. I live in the West Loop where you got cranes everywhere. I can count on one hand the number of black men I see working on those at all those sites. You might see somebody waving a flag every now and then. 
So we have a horrible unemployment pr- uh, problem in this city that we're in this city in this state that we're not dealing with. And in the election, I think we have to start putting that on the front burner. That has to be an issue. What I hear too many politicians talking about are social services. Oh, round a cut the 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 the, the program, you know, or. Or uh, we got to get the county hospital. We got to have indigent care. Or we got to make sure the jail is cool. Wait a minute. Most black people work. They have jobs. They pay taxes. They have private health insurance. Most black folks do. They not go. They, I don't. I didn't get up this morning thinking about going to Cook County Jail. Did you? Not at all. <laughs> Camberley, did you? I didn't think about it. I mean, we got to make sure that those facilities are intact and they serve. But that's not our primary concern as black homeowners and non-criminal citizens. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 we ain't thinking right. about jail. We're thinking about taxes. That's why that pop tax thing landed with such a thud. When they tried to run that, people worry about taxes. They're concerned about taxes. They're not concerned about going to jail. I got private health insurance. I ain't going to Cook County because I I got a job and I pay private health insurance. I'm not going to Cook County. I'm going to Northwestern if I can get up in there. You know what I mean? Right. And most black folks think the same way. I'm saying that. I'm generalizing, but I feel comfortable doing it. Most black folks are not thinking about indigent care and social services programs. We got to survive like everybody else in this society. And it's time that our political leadership acts like that. Let's get back to the unemployment issues as we as we wrap uh, wrap up. Um, A lot of that has to do with the business climate in Illinois. And a lot of words get tossed around where like like right to work or uh, this idea of labor unions. And and you, you, you can understand where these issues where people fall on the political spectrum based on what they think about these issues. And that's one of the. Most frustrating things about Illinois politics is because you, you draw a line in the sand and you say either you support right to work and you're a Republican or you support the unions and you're a Democrat. It's terrible, isn't it? Let's blur the line a little it's bit. It's terrible, So man. first know, define what right to work is. Well, right to work will allow people to, re- to not join the union but still be able to work in a union shop. I think that's as simple as I can make it. You don't have to. In other words, if you have a machine shop where you're drilling stuff, you don't have to join the machinist union. Although the machinist union has a contract there, you don't have to join the union and pay it dues if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. That weakens the union. Come on, the union's going to be weakened at that point. There's no doubt about it. Um, I believe in the right to organize. I really do. My daddy was in a union. I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for that union. But in Illinois, I will say this, the unions have too much power. They've gone overboard. Now, how does that affect the black electorate? How does that affect the black electorate? Yeah, the power of unions. How does that affect the black electorate or black workers? Well, you know, look, you know, it's a two-edged sword. There would be no black middle class if it wasn't for the black, for for unions, Mm -hmm. for for AFSCME and SEIU and the Postal Workers Union, which my father belonged to, um, Bus Drivers Union. If it wasn't for those public sector unions, there would be no black middle class because they didn't let us in the trade unions, the guys that make 60, 70, 80, $100,000 a year, we can't get in those. 
that's, that's when I was talking about the buildings downtown. The carpenters, plumbers, iron workers, uh, steam fitters, those right. guys. No, we can't get in those unions. But we can get in the public sector unions. Um, but I think what's happened is that Illinois can no longer afford the to pay, for instance, the pensions for the unions. Uh, private sector people don't have pensions. You got a pension? Not at all. You got a pension? That's what I'm talking about. Um, they don't have pensions. But the public sector union has a pension. AFSCME, SEIU. One of the real problems is that their pension, They the only way they can keep their pension and to keep it going for themselves and for future workers is by raising taxes. Only way. Because that's the only way the public sector gets money. So that means you, who don't have a pension, have to use more of your disposable income or income to pay for their pension. And people, it's wearing on people. People can't do it anymore. They're getting angry at public sector union people because they got a pension and you don't. And it's just the way it is. And a lot of younger workers in particular, oh, man, I don't know what they're going to do. So we got to find a balance. we got to strike a balance. We can't take away their pensions. And anybody who's earned a pension should have it and keep it. But as far as moving forward, they're going to have to back off so that young people are not pressured so much having to pay for public sector pensions. The other thing is the public sector constantly says whenever there's a tax they want to give, they want to put out, oh, we're going to have to lay people off. We're going to have to lay people off. Wait a minute. People get laid off in the private sector every day. What do you mean you got to lay them off at the sheriff's department? Well, why not? That's what people are saying. I got laid off. How come they can't get laid off? It's almost like people or public officials are running governments as jobs programs as opposed to providing the services that people need. And I think a lot of people are asking questions about it now, and the unions are going to have to deal with it. And it's going to take leadership, somebody who's basically going to have to sit down with the unions and say, look, guys, things are different now. We can't do it the way we did it back in 1985. We got to do it differently. And a lot of unions are resisting that. And lastly, and one point that we want to drive home when it comes to knowing the issues and thinking through them, I want to drive home this point that when you get away from partisanship and you go issue by issue, you may be on one side of the aisle on one issue, on the the other side on another issue. And then depending on where your mix falls and where your, uh, what's most important to you, that will help you determine what candidate you should vote for. Man, you, you, you have hit, you, you've hit my, my soul with that because I think of myself as a, as an independent. I am not a Democrat. I am not a Republican. I'm an independent, but if you don't toe the line for the Democrats, then somehow you must be a Republican or you're a traitor or you're a sellout. And if you don't toe the line for the, for the Republicans or you some kind of liberal, mamby-pamby, whatever. Dude, I believe in a single-payer health care system. Socialized medicine, call it what you want. I believe in universal health care. Okay? I do. But I'm not a liberal. I just believe that's the fairest way to do it. But I also, uh, but there are other issues in which I line up with sanctuary cities. I think that's nonsense. There needs to be a rule of law as it applies to immigrants. That's the same thing Donald Trump says. 
So what am I? I believe in socialized medicine, universal health care, single payer, but I'm, I'm not with this sanctuary business. So what does that make me? I'm a bad person. I'm a sellout. Both sides will tell me that I'm, that I'm nuts, that I'm not. You, we can't have you over here with us. That's what the Republicans will say because you believe in that Bernie Sanders socialized medicine stuff. And then the Bernie Sanders crew will say, what's wrong with you? You some kind of racist because you're not with sanctuary cities? Huh? But I love who I am, and I love how I think about politics. And I've been at the game enough to know that this has got to be the future. Dear Black Voter, that is Charles Thomas, WVON morning host, the founder of Chicago Drum. Uh, you can check out the work of Chicago Drum coming soon at ChicagoDrum.com. Yes. And uh, you can also check him out giving commentary across the city. And what I love most about this interview is that you don't have to agree with Uncle Charles on everything, but one thing you must agree with him on is that issue by issue, you have to decide how you feel about it, what you think about it, and not what someone told you to think based on where, what box you check. Uh, for the primary election, you will have to check a box. Uh, so really think about where candidates lie, what issues they support that you support, and make an informed decision. You know, dear black voter, it's Charles Thomas. Thank you for joining us. Hey man, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this. This got was to, fun. Got to vent. Yeah, you let it out. You let it out, man. You got to go do some more too. You headed back to the station. Yeah, I got to go back there and do an interview with Dan Biss. Uh-oh. You want time? You good? Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I might be able to stop and get a burger, man. (laughs) Thank you for listening to a segment from our biweekly series, Dear Black Voter. We invite you to check out our show notes and voter resources at coldpodcast.com. And don't forget to rate us and leave your comments on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the league and to find out how you can get involved and support our work, please visit our website at thechicagourbanleague.org.